Welcome on to The Backstretch. I'm Heather Williams, and there's a lot to unpack from the last week in NASCAR. The biggest topic, of course, is safety. Early in the week, everybody was talking about the accident involving Cody Ware. It's what Chris and I talked about on our Backstretch television program, and he and I record what we talk about here on the podcast at that same time. So that was Monday. We didn't even know about the Alex Bowman situation at that time. So our conversation is going to focus on that. But the larger picture and the larger issue, obviously, uh, comes from the Bowman accident and the concussion that he is now trying to recover from. It's interesting that both he and Kurt Hitt were back in hit. So I think we're starting to get some information about where the weakness is when it comes to safety in these next-gen cars. But more importantly, and I mentioned this in my segment with Chris even before the Alex Bowman thing came out, more importantly is you're starting to hear the drivers get louder and louder in their criticism of the car, in their frustration about the safety and NASCAR's reaction. I'm not really here to judge one way or the other the reaction. I, I I think that everything that the drivers say or have said when it comes to this is completely fair. I think that their criticisms and their concerns are are very well founded. I mean, I wouldn't want to put myself in that situation. I mean, I know they get paid a lot of money, but you still don't sign up knowing that they know that there's a flaw that can be prevented and them not doing it. It's one thing that if you have an accident and you don't have the information and then some, and something happens, but they have the information now. They now have two drivers who have sustained fairly similar injuries. And I think that the criticism by the drivers is completely fair, especially when you talk about Denny Hamlin, who's been talking about the safety issues and concerns all the way back to the test at Talladega in what was that, 2020 or 2021, when there were rumors of a crash test dummy being killed or whatever that was. He's been pretty consistent with his criticism. So I hope that NASCAR is doing what they say and taking this seriously. I don't know. I don't have any information about how, what they're doing. I know that they have a crash test scheduled for this week. So hopefully, There'll be more information. More importantly, I just hope that no more drivers get hurt between now and whenever we solve this. You know, the Cody Ware thing was was frightening, but he basically walked away from that accident. And, you know, Kurt Busch and, and Alex Bowman, they quote unquote walked away. But we know now that there can be permanent long-term damages from concussions. And so I will say this. I am proud of both of them for being out of the car. We also what happened with Tua this last week and how dangerous can be if you try to go back in that situation and then suffer a subsequent concussion. So kudos to NASCAR for their safety and kudos to those guys for, I don't know if they had any say, they probably had very little say in going back into the car, but at least listening to the doctors and, and getting out of the car and taking care of themselves because What we're all hoping for, what we all want is the long-term health and safety of these drivers or any of our sports fans that we – our sports heroes that we look up to. So Chris and I will talk about safety. My guest, Chase Briscoe, I also asked him his thoughts on what's going on with the safety. Uh, Great conversation with Chase. I know we just had him on a couple weeks ago, but I enjoy talking to him. So we went ahead and had him back this week.
So with that, let's get going. We're joined, as always, by our crew chief, Chris Carrier, who also happens to be the crew chief for the number 75 Food Country Truck in the Camping World Truck Series. And Chris, we need to start this week on a serious note. A scary crash for Cody Ware this weekend at Texas, resulting from one of many blown tires over the weekend. Now, Ware is apparently okay, but the tire issues this weekend have renewed questions about the safety of the next-gen car. Benny Hamlin said on Twitter last week after Bristol that it's time for a next-gen 2.0. How big a problem is this for NASCAR? I think it's a huge problem, Heather. Um, I don't, I don't want to be a, you know, a naysayer or a, a rumor spreader or whatever. But, but this, this is not about okay, who's who's got a better car, Toyota, Ford, or Chevrolet. This is not about somebody getting a competitive advantage. It's, it's, it's not about that at all. It's about the safety of our drivers and people working on them too. But the, the you know, the, the, the crash you talked about with Cody Ware was, was uh, it was sickening scary. And I'm really glad that young man apparently is going to be okay. But, uh, you know, we got to start looking at these things. We needed to be start looking at And I know they are looking at them. I know that they just can't wave a magic wand and fix all this stuff in the middle of the season. The, the, the schedule is too hectic. Time goes by too quickly. There's too much to shove into each week to say, okay, we're going to fix this and this and this and, and still make all the races. That's not really not reality. But, but still, I mean, with blown tires, rocker panels catching on fire, electronic stuff, uh, toe links and rear suspension, you know, bending and breaking and falling off the car, knocking guys out of the race, putting them in peril. Uh, it's just to me, uh, I think I think we've got to push. I, I agree with Denny Hamlin. We got to push reset somewhere along the line here. We got to do something, take a step back, maybe let some of the teams and their experienced fabricators before we run them all off and get them out of jobs, maybe let them go in and say, we can fix this. Maybe let the teams with the fabricators look in at some of that stuff and say, this is how to fix this, and we can fix it and be better. Now, that's out of the teams, the tires are out of control of the team's hands, except for maybe camber settings, toe settings, air pressure settings, so on and so forth. There could be maybe some limits on that that they have to go to, but there again, um, it seemed like we went into this whole deal pretty hurriedly. And um, I, I, there's some things happening that doesn't need to be happening. It's pretty scary. Well, so, for me, the urgency of this whole thing yeah. is amplified by how many drivers are speaking out that don't yep. nearly uh, normally speak out on social media. Chase Elliott, yep. Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, guys that have not been that active all of a sudden are speaking out about this. And I think that's what's got to get NASCAR's attention for sure. Absolutely. The playoffs create another budding rivalry against two drivers that I would say are kind of unlikely in Denny Hamlin and William Byron. I think we can agree that Byron spun Ham Hamlin on purpose and should have been punished at the time. And NASCAR has punished him, uh, fined him, and took a points deduction that knocked him from third to tenth in the point standings. Is that good enough? And should NASCAR have taken care of this sooner? Um, like in the moment? I I, to me, I, I like things to happen in the moment a little more. Now, did, did they did they take their time to think about it, review it, make sure they made the right decisions? That that's a good argument. You know, it's all. I mean, they can look at it that way. You can say it that way and say, look, we've looked over everything. Here's the decision. We're going to take these steps right here. And man, knocking those points out of him, 
Huh, that's pretty big. This time of year, that's what everybody's racing for. The, the, the money deduction, it's like, okay, can't buy another boat this week. But, you know, the, the points deal is big for everything, the team and all. And I think it was justified, you know. Uh, I, I particularly really personally didn't see anything Denny Hamlin did wrong in racing. I thought it was two guys that were sliding around that, like everybody was, and it got pretty tight. William got into the wall a little bit, but I just think it was an overreaction on his part, which I think was kind of uh, out of character for him. But to let it go, you can't let it go. He spun out Denny Hamley under caution, and they were right at the entrance of pit road, which he could have went down across to there and hit somebody in the pits or whatever. Uh, they did the right thing, maybe a little late, but at least it got done. Better late than never. Better late than never. Well, we haven't even mentioned yet that another driver, not currently in the playoffs, so he was just eliminated yeah. last week, won at Texas, that being Tyler Reddick. How long can this go on? We're almost at the halfway point of the postseason. Heather, it can keep going on because the, the, the competition is tight all the way through the field. And the vast majority of the teams that aren't in the playoffs right now I think have taken it kind of personally and they've turned the heat up. They're like, we want to go out there and show what we can do, put our armor on. I was really proud of Tyler Reddick and his team. Uh, I think his crew chief made a, a call a, a, an unbelievably intelligent race by not pitting. He had a set of tires on there that had made it past the 30 lap explosion range. And he said, you know what, I'm gonna leave him on there instead of putting some, something on that I don't know what'll happen. And the kid won the race. I mean, I'm glad to see it. I think it can keep happening. I mean, guys like Kevin Harvick, he's not going to give up trying to win. He's going to be there. He'll be a thorn in everybody's side and laugh about it if he can. But that, the teams are not giving up. So this this thing is, I think this thing is, is going to get pretty intense. It's already intense. I think it's going to get more intense. Uh, I think it's, it's going to produce some really exciting racing. I think it's going to produce some unpredicted finishes, and it's probably going to make some crew chiefs and drivers and owners and so on that are in the playoffs have gray hair and have that gray hair fall out and maybe have <laughs> ulcers over all this. So anyway, it ought to be good for the fans. I love it because yeah. uh, it makes it unique. It's what NASCAR has that nobody else has. We are headed to Alabama this week. The track at Talladega has long been considered the biggest wild card in the playoffs. But is it this season? Well, Heather, I, you know, a lot of these tracks have been wild cards, uh, but let's face it, Talladega is exactly that. It is, uh, I've heard it people, people call it a crapshoot. I've heard it, be, heard it be called a poker game with no cards. I've heard it called all kind of stuff. The bottom line is, especially with what we've got coming up this weekend, with what's at stake in the playoffs for so many drivers, and as we talked before about drivers that, you know what, I'm not done winning this year. I'm not, I'm not, I don't care, I'm not, I'm not in the playoffs, but I'm not, I'm not through driving, I'm not through competing. Uh, Talladega has proven that it's hard to pick a favorite going into any race there, and it's gonna be the same this weekend. So I think that, you know, there's always usually two to three or more pretty big wrecks that either take out completely or damage pretty severely several cars at one time. A lot of them are good cars that run up front. It seems like the 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 
mayhem does not have a favorite, or whether it's in the back of the pack, the middle of the pack, or the front of the pack. It happens, and at the end of the day, you're looking at you know maybe 10, 12 cars that are racing for the win in the last five, eight laps, and they're bumping and beating around, and, and you look and say, how'd that guy get up there? You know, what's going on here? So I think it's a, it's a big deal. I think guys that are in the front of the pack as far as point leaders, in my mind, are going to try to take a careful day. They're going to try to say, I want to finish in the top 10, and I'm going to punch my ticket to go on to the next round. That's the big picture. Guys that aren't in that very top and guys that aren't in the playoffs are say, man, I'm hammered down, I'm getting to the end, I'm going to lead, I'm going to win, and I don't care what. I don't care if the fish jump into the sand. I, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm going to do. And I think it's going to, it always provides nail-biting excitement and fidgeting, and you never know to the last lap who's going to get the checkered. Joining us now is Chase Briscoe, driver number 14 Ford and member of the NASCAR playoffs. Uh, thanks for your time, Chase. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. So first of all, let's talk about these playoffs because they have been um, chaotic, uh, crazy. Uh, how would you describe how these first four races have been? Yeah, I think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, they've been crazy. They've been all over the place, super unpredictable. Um, yeah, just, I, I think, you know, going into it, we knew there was going to be a lot of unknowns and, you know, now more than ever, I feel like people have seen that we haven't had a single playoff guy win a race yet. And it's, uh, you know, just testament to this car and kind of the unpredictability that it has. When I talked to Joey Logano last week, he told me, you know, just good enough has kind of been all you need. Uh, as we get deep, deeper in the playoffs, how much more important is winning going to be, or at least stage wins? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is I think you can be just good enough and finish. I, I think you, you points, especially if you make it to the round of the eight to get to that final points to kind of separate yourself from the rest. And, you know, I think, like Joey said, the finish can definitely, you can finish 10th to 15th area, but you better get stage points along the way to, to kind of be able to carry you. So, yeah, we've been able to be just good enough, you know, and done anything spectacular in any of the four races yet um and okay to the round of 12 and right now we're above the cut line so yeah you definitely need to get stage points that's what save does the first round was being able to get a lot of stage points and uh hopefully we can continue to do that but yeah i don't think you're gonna have to win i really don't the playoff guy hasn't even won a race yet so who's to say in the in the round of eight you're gonna have to win to get to the phoenix where in the past i feel like you probably would have had to say that um, so yeah, hopefully we can just keep being good enough and I uh, can, uh, get some stage points and maybe win a race along the way. So how do you, uh, approach Talladega? Obviously a crazy hectic race where it survive in advance is kind of the, uh, the, uh, name of the game anyway. And then also just the uncertainty of, um, what's going on with William. He may or may not be third. He might be 10th. I mean, does that play into how, how you approach Talladega at all? Yeah, there's definitely you know, a lot that, that plays into it. You know, I would love to, to kind of know where his appeal stands before we started the race on Sunday, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You got to go there. And I think it is hard to kind of know what the right strategy is. I think you can go there and try to race and run up front all day and get crashed, or you can ride around in the back all day and still get crashed. So there's no perfect strategy until it's over. Um, <clears throat> I think for us, our strategy is going to kind of be dictated by where we qualify and just what the guys around us and points do, you know, we kind of have to mirror what they do just to try to, you know, maintain that gap. So, 
yeah, we might ride around, we might go race. I don't really know what it is. I just hope that at the end of it, we're still rolling and, you know, able to finish the race running. Uh, that's going to be the main key. If you can do that, you're going to have a decent points day, I think. And, you know, for us with the road we're coming up next week, we just don't want to be in a must win. So this playoffs has been, as we've talked about, so unpredictable. And I think going into the year, you probably would not have been considered a favorite, but now there is no favorite. Do you like being able to like sneak up on people and maybe uh, get in the mix? Do you, do you like still being, uh, I guess, surprising people and still being uh, someone who can win this championship? Yeah, for sure. I like being kind of under the radar. I feel like my whole career has kind of been like that where people, you know, write you off or, or say you can't do it and you, you go out there and try to motivate them. Um, you know, on the other end, I've been on the other side of the where, you know, next finish year, you're the championship favorite. There's a lot of pressure to go perform week in and week out. And yeah, I definitely like it kind of better where we're at right now. You know, if we can get to Phoenix, we know that we can win at Phoenix. And that's something that I think all of us on our team, we, we know if we can get there, we have a real legitimate shot to win the championship. You know, it's just a matter of getting there and trying to get there. So, yeah, that's what we're trying to do. Um, you know, I do feel really good about the next round. If we can get there, I feel like that's probably the best group of racetracks out of all the rounds that we have um, for me and my team. So, yeah, we're just trying to get to that round of eight. And if we can get to the round of eight, then it definitely gets a lot more real. But uh, we got to get to the round of eight first. How much do you worry about uh, safety or can you worry about it with what happened with Kurt and now with, with Alex? Can you worry about that or you just have to put that in the back of your head and, and, and hope that you, you know, don't get injured? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a – a very concerning thing you know I, I hate seeing them guys get hurt yeah it's it's definitely you know a concern you know I think some guys can block it out easier than others but I mean the problem is is kind of the format you're in you have to go race you know you have to go get points you can't just ride around um so for us I mean you kind of got to block those things out and I think for me at least like I do worry about it sometimes through the week but once you strap the helmet on and start racing you forget about those things um, at least I do. So, um, yeah, this, it's unfortunate. I, I hope them guys can come back and I hope that we can get these cars safer because obviously we don't want to see guys getting hurt. Um, but yes, yeah, uh, you know, it's a tough spot that we're in right now and hopefully we can get it turned around here quickly. So for my final thought, I want to continue to talk a little bit about the NASCAR safety. I, I found it really interesting some of the comments that were made by the drivers uh, Friday in Talladega and maybe a little bit on social media leading up to the race about how this car is a step back in safety. And then also the response to Brendan Gaughan's comments that there's no way that these cars hit harder than the cars in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. I think both can be simultaneously true, right? I think, yeah, these cars are obviously way safer than they were back then. I mean, we, thank God, have not had a death in the sport since Dale Earnhardt. And obviously, you know, even though these crashes have been bad, there's been concussions, there's been what happened with Cody Ware and what happened with Ryan Newman, you know, all of those drivers are still with us. So we are very, very, very lucky in that respect. But the injuries are getting more serious. We didn't have a rash concussions in the Gen 6 car. We didn't have scary accidents in the Gen 6 car. They, the way they were structured, dissipated the impact, put less of the force on the driver, and were inherently, at least in a lot of people's eyes, I'm not an engineer, I don't know this to be true in any way, shape, or form, but they seem to be more safe. 
So while we are further along than we were 20 years ago, are we further along than we were five years ago? The drivers seem to think that the answer to that question is no. And so I, as I said earlier, my biggest hope from all this is that it will open up the line of communications and that NASCAR will listen to the drivers. The drivers are the only ones feeling this impact, right? Scott Miller or uh, Ben Kennedy or Steve Phelps or Steve O'Donnell, they're not feeling the impact of these crashes. So they have no baseline to compare. And even in Brendan Gaughan's case, and I love Brendan, but he hasn't felt an impact in a next-gen car. So he has no idea what the difference is between the hit in a next-gen car and a Gen 6 car. So I just am hoping and praying that we get through the rest of the season without any more injuries. Um, I am very concerned about how the crashes seem to be getting more severe and the injuries seem to get be getting more severe. And I just want, I mean, I love racing. I don't want it to end, but I kind of just want this season to end so that NASCAR can fix this and I don't have to hold my breath every time I see a driver hit a wall during a race. Thanks for joining us on The Backstretch. We'll see you next week.